Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. of our series, Simon Peter. This is a study on the life of Simon Peter, and I've got to try to fly through this message because this message really can be a whole series on its own, and and I know I say that a lot, but this is so accurate for this message. Um, And today, I would have wrestled with the title a ton, um, and some of you saw it on Facebook, but it's just, it's just what it is. I, the title of today's message is Burnt Burgers and Tramp Stamps. Um, and so uh, some of you are like, man, I love this guy. Some of you are like, I can't believe this guy. But when are you going to hear a message about that, right? Never until now. So um, have, have you ever started out with something and you were looking like so to it, like you had optimism about it, it was starting off really good and then disaster struck, right? Um, it could have been a, a, a new recipe that you were trying out, and all of us have tried recipes that, man, it just turned out to be gross, right? You're just like, man, I've either messed it up or it's just a horrible recipe. It was nasty. It was gross. I think all of us have had this happen. For me, the most recent um, occurrence happened in December 2017 at Christmas time. We were we had our family in, and as our family's there, we decided, hey, we're going to cook burgers that night. We'll have burgers, we'll have brats, we'll do hot links, whatever, um, and just kind of cook out, and that's what we'll have for Christmas dinner. And so I got to go pick out the hamburger meat, and most of the time, Casey and I try to eat healthy, and so it's a 93 percent lean hamburger meat and usually when I'm grilling them they're dry and the reason that they're dry is because it's 93 degree hamburger meat like nothing tastes good the reason your burger's dry is because you're trying to make a dry burger right I mean a healthy burger burgers are not meant to be healthy I'm just going to tell you just like pizza you and your cauliflower pizza crust I know stop it let the things that are supposed to kill you kill you like a grizzly bear supposed to kill you it kills you pizza and cheeseburger are supposed to clog your arteries, let them do their job. Um, stop masking it as something that's not, it's not that bad. That you had to preface that the pizza's not that bad, I'm never trying it. Give me the gluten. Um, but, so, that's my whole soapbox for a second. Um, I went and got to pick 80-20. 80-20 hamburger meat. I am so pumped. I'm so excited because these burgers are going to be good, they're going to be juicy, they're going to taste great, and I put them on the grill, got about like 20 burgers, different brats, have, or, or hot links, different stuff, and I close the grill, and I walk in, I'm like, I'll go flip them in about five minutes, 
I come out, and my grill is on fire. Like, like the, the lid's closed, but it's shooting out the sides. Like, I'm like, and it's right by my house, so I'm like, oh, you know, what do you do? I turn the gas off. I pull the grill away, and Casey's like, you're going to kill yourself. I'm like, but it's going to burn our house down. Priorities, Casey, right? And so I, I pull it away. I throw water on it, which a bunch of people are like, you're not supposed to put water on a grease fire. I freaked out, okay? I didn't have time to look for an armor, hammer, baking soda, or whatever it's called. I saw a pool with water, and I chunked it on it. That's what I did, and it worked this time. Um, and then I opened the grill cover, and this is what I see. This is what greets me. And my sister, like she's being so nice. My older sister, she comes up and she's like, well, I don't know, brother. I think we can make them work. I'm like, no, no, this is like, like the National Lampoon's Christmas vacation when they cut open the turkey and it goes, Poo. you know, I'm like, no, it doesn't work. And here's the deal. The 80-20 was going to be so good. There was so, I was looking so forward to a burger that was going to be just awful for me that I made at my house. It doesn't happen much, Right. And it turned out and fizzled out like this. And I think that when we talk about Simon Peter, this is a lot how Simon Peter was. He was like a burnt burger at times. Um, he starts off good, and then he just implodes and burns up. In fact, check out this part in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 23. It says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Let's stop there for just a second. We're going to pick up in verse 21 in just a moment. And if this is me, if this is the moment that I just had with Jesus, I'm glaring at John because John always, he never calls himself John in the epistle of John. He refers to himself as the disciple Jesus loved. And so I'm looking at John and being like, I'm the rock, baby. Like, can you smell what the rock is cooking? Like I am. This is me. This is my moment. And man, Peter knocks it out of the park, right? Simon Peter slays it with his answer. Like, he didn't just have the Sunday school answer, Jesus, right? That He's the first one that gave the right answer in Sunday school, right? Like, this is it. And then verse 21 happens. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hand, hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside, because Peter's cocky right now, right? He just nailed it, like, you're Jesus, you're the Messiah, you're the one, right? Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said that this will ever happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter just a few verses ago. Remember what he just said? Get away from me, Satan. Wait, 
wait, I'm the rock. Like, <laughs> wait just a moment. Get away from me, Satan. You're a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Peter starts off great. He fizzles and burns up. He's a burnt burger, right? So, I, I mean, really, there was so much potential. You're like, Peter's finally getting it. Peter's finally learning. And then he rebukes Jesus. Jesus calls him Satan. I mean, we're talking like bam, bam. This happened like boom, boom. Like just a few scriptures later, like Peter just messed it all up. Like, like well, never mind. And I, I think for a lot of us, we can relate to Peter. And last week we talked about this. We talked about, man, when unexpected things happen, we act in unexpected ways. But don't let your fall be final. Instead, learn that there's room for redemption. That was pretty much the premise of our whole message last week. And, and here's the deal is that Peter didn't let his fall become final. He learned that there was redemption. And in fact, he is actually commissioned. After Jesus restores him, he redeems him. Then he commissions him and all the disciples. And he says, now go and make disciples of all nations and Jesus ascends to heaven and then in the book of Acts the Holy Spirit comes the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit and then Peter has this amazing moment where he steps into his role right he steps into this moment where Jesus says you are the rock and I will build my church upon it and Peter gives his first message I talked about my first message last week a little bit um, and, and I talked about how the title of my, you think the message title is bad this week. My first sermon ever in Bible college was constipated Christianity. And it was all about how we're constipated and Jesus is a laxative. And it just was awful. Like there was no redeeming quality in it. I remember the pastor back here looking at like his eyes were this big, like what are you doing right now? And nobody, I mean, everybody's like, that was a good message, son. You know, especially when you're starting off, nobody said that was a good message, son. It was awful. <laughs> Peter's first message he gives in Acts 2, 3,000 people accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's not bad. Right? After this, Peter goes to the Sanhedrin, the leading priest with John. And instead of denying Jesus, instead of betraying Jesus, he steps in boldly proclaiming who Jesus is and that he's the Messiah. He becomes one of the founding members of the church and one of the responsible people for the birth of the church. He, he, he goes around, and I mean, Peter is so full of the Holy Spirit that it said people would line people up in the streets so that Simon Peter's shadow, when it touched them, they would be healed. Peter does these amazing things, but one of the most amazing things he does is he writes two letters called 1 Peter and 2 Peter. You're like, oh, okay, that's the author. Um, 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And in 1 Peter, he's writing this book, he's writing this letter to the church, and in it he's talking about the whole purpose of this is how do you deal with persecution that comes outside of the church? Because the basis of what he's addressing is that the Roman government is still in charge of most of the entire known world at this point, and there's an emperor called Nero who is in charge of the Roman government, and Nero is insane. He is crazy. He hates the whole Jesus movement. He hates Christians, and so 
Nero sets two-thirds of Rome on fire and ends up blaming the fire on Christians so that there would be persecution of Christianity. And sure enough, it happens. And so this is what Peter is talking about. This is the problems that Peter is addressing. How do you stand in 1 Peter, this letter, how do you stand when you're, when you're dealing with persecution from outside the church? But in 2 Peter, he addresses problems within the church. And in 2 Peter, he starts talking about how do you deal with false teaching? How do you, how do you, you know, how do you like handle heresy when it's in the church? And he starts talking about all the things that are coming in the church and the wrong teaching. And so many times we as followers of Christ, we get so worried about all the outside things affecting the church. This movement, that movement, this president, that president, this Supreme Court justice, that Supreme Court justice, right? And we, we, we make all these things about, man, they're going to ruin the church. Can I tell you, anytime there's been persecution to the church, it has made the church grow. If you don't believe me, go look at China and the underground church Man, it is exploding and taking off. But what I will tell you is this, is most of the damage that has been done to the church has happened within the church. Has been by us eating our own, right? And there has been so much false teaching. There has been the gospel that has become watered down that it's created problems and it's created a weakness within the church. And so Peter, this is his, this is his message in 2 Peter. He's like, this is how you address issues and problems within the church. And in this passage and in this first book, and I know this is taking a while to set up. We'll get there, I promise. In this passage and in this first letter, Second Peter, this first chapter of Second Peter, he talks about, now, let me tell you, let me give you a guarantee in life. Let, let me give you a guarantee that if you do A and B, it will always equal C. And as I was reading through this, I thought, man, I, I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to a guarantee, right? I would think probably most of us are because we've seen so many different infomercials and guys spray painting the bottom of their boat with this paint and then he's flying through a, you know, a, like, a, like a lake and I'm like, that ain't going to work, right? Like, I mean, you see this, you know, set it and forget it and it's like all this wonderful stuff. And, and I remember like the, the LifeLock guarantee, um, the, the CEO named Todd Davis, and he would get on and be like, I am so confident that your identity can't be stolen that I will give you my, my uh, social security number, 75156. 1982. And if I just said your social security number, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was your social security number. Um, but he gets on the radio, says all this. He puts it on billboards, puts it on his website. And do you know what happens? Gets his identity stolen. Not just once, 13 times. And so it's like, well, yeah, no wonder we're kind of a little gun shy when it comes to guarantees. But in 1 Peter, I mean 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter gives you a guarantee of how to never fall away from God. Think about that. Like this, this, is, a, this is massive. How to never fall, how to not be a burnt burger when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. Right? How to never fall away from the Lord. 1 Peter I mean, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 10, it says this. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. 
And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. And these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for one another. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that, they, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those who God has called and chosen. Check this out. Do these things. There it is. And you will never fall away. Ne what's the saying? Never say never. Peter's like, uh-uh. Do this, do what I just told you, and you will never fall away. And if, if I'm looking at this passage right now, here's, here's kind of the takeaway point I want us to have this morning. Peter's saying this, be purposeful in supplementing and developing your faith and you will never fall away. Be purposeful in supplementing and developing your faith and you will never fall away. Be purposeful, be diligent, be disciplined, be proactive, and we will never fall away. But we have that problem with being purposeful. Because for a lot of us, we have fallen in love with the short term rather than the long term. The short term's really fun. But this, this scripture here is saying, man, man, don't, don't, don't forget what you've been set free from. Supplement all these things. And if you fail to do this, you have short-sightedness. You've even become blind of what you've been set free from because you're getting caught in the moment. You've got a short-term vision instead of a long-term vision. Vision. And what I can tell you about this is that when we, when we allow ourselves to have a short-term vision and we live life with a short-term vision, it always leads to long-term regrets. This past week, um, I was at the gym. I was working out, and I was in the locker room after my workout. I'm getting ready. Um, I'm, 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 like when you're in the locker room as a guy, you just get ready. You're not talking to everybody else unless you got a buddy, but it's eye straightforward. You take care of your stuff and you get out of there as fast as you can, right? I mean, that's what you do. And there was a guy, I had never seen this guy at our gym before. He walks by and all of a sudden he walks, he's got jeans on, but he walks by, no shirt on, and there's something on the small of his back. Like what in, what, what, nah. No, and he walks by me again, and there's a pony. There's a pony on the back of his back. And he starts talking to me, and I'm like, I'm like back in mid-high. I have nothing to say to this guy. I'm like, I just want to say pony, 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 back, problem, right? And he's probably a great guy. He's probably not. I could not talk to him because I'm just going, how drunk do you have to get where this becomes a good idea, right? Like, 
what bet did you lose? What have you done? Where this even became a, a viable option. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> Guys don't get tattoos there. Like, no, you don't. No, 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 no. Like, it's no. And here's the deal. I could tell you he'd probably never admit it, but he has long-term regret about that pony. <laughs> right? And what? And what Peter is saying is this. If you settle for the short term, if you get caught up in a moment and you lose sight of this, it's going to lead to long-term regret. But Peter, Peter talks about this. He says this. He says, instead, supplement your faith. Supplement means something that completes or enhances something else when added to. When added to. Something that completes or enhances something else when attitude. He says, supplement your faith and develop your faith, which means that you grow and you become more mature. You supplement your faith, your relationship with Jesus Christ, with all of these different attributes. And when you start doing that, then you learn to develop them. Then you learn to grow them and you learn to mature in them. And you keep growing into them so that you can never fall away. And Peter is saying, he says, man, if you do this, you will never fall away. I'm all about learning from other people. And if you want to be wise, I've heard it said, you learn from other people's mistakes instead of making your own. And Peter is opening this door and he's cracking the door and he's saying, listen, to a guy that has blown it, to a guy that got caught up in the short-term vision for just a moment, Listen to me, because I know what it is to fall away. I, I know what it is to mess up. And if you want to never fall away, if you want to never fall away in your marriage, if you want to know how to parent kids and have the ability to parent kids no matter what stage, if you want to learn how to follow me for the long term, for the rest of your days, because here's the crazy thing. I have seen people when they hit 50 years old and they've been serving the Lord all their life just walk away from it all, and it doesn't make sense. They've said they traded it in the long term for the short term. He's saying if you want to learn how to live, Live in a world that is all about trying to make you compromise your convictions and the calling that God has on your life. Lean in and listen to this. Start supplementing your faith with moral excellence, which is goodness. Add to your goodness, add to your moral excellence, knowledge. Add to your knowledge, self-control. That, that means you just control your desires and your emotions. And this is one where we're not doing so great at as a culture. We feel it, we do it. We feel it, we do it. Self-control is the ability to master your emotions and desires. It is, literally means the mastery of self. And if you're going to make it for the long term, man, you've got to have self-control in your life. Self-control, add to it patient endurance. Supplement patient endurance with godliness, becoming more like him. Patient endurance is also known as perseverance and steadfastness, sticking to it even when it gets hard. Man, patient endurance, godliness, you're becoming more like him. That means you're becoming holy and righteous, right? It's not just about coming to a place of forgiveness, but it's coming to a place where you become more like him. Godliness, to godliness, brotherly affection, that you have love for your Christian brothers and sisters, that man, when people are 
here, man, they're, they're your brothers and sisters. And he doesn't just give you that loop like, I got that one because I don't like anybody else outside my church. He says this, brotherly affection with, for love for everyone else. And that love for everyone else means this, people who aren't like you, people who don't vote like you. Well, they cross my they cross my 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 boat out. Yeah, they do. And you cross theirs out. Right? For people who don't look like you. Who for people who don't act like you. For people who are just lost. You and I are called to love them. And if you look at this list, man, and you compare this to what Paul wrote in Galatians where he starts listing out the fruit of the spirit, it's not identical, but it's really really close. And so we have to understand, as followers of Christ, every single one of us in this place, we have to understand this. This isn't just, hey, I'm going to work on moral excellence this week. Hey, I'm going to just work on uh, uh, goodness this week or, or, or patient endurance because nobody wants to touch self-control, right? It's saying, no, no, you work on all this all the time. Not some of this, some of the time. If you're going to never fall away think 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 of the bigness of this guarantee this this is the word of god that will not return void the word of god is saying this to you and me you want to know how to live this life out significantly man you want to, you want to know how to live life with very limited regrets and that your life mattered and i think that's the big felt need of our culture is that i live my life in such a way that it made a difference and it mattered if you peter saying this if you want that for your life man supplement your basic relationship your faith with all of this, supplement it. Keep putting it into your relationship with Jesus Christ and then continue to develop it. Continue to grow in it. Continue to mature in it. You never come to the place where you arrive. And then the promise is this. If you do this, you will never fall away. That's huge. To every teenager, to every college student, to every 20-year-old, 30-year-old, 40, 50, go up. You never want to fall away. Supplement your faith with this and develop it. And you'll never fall away. But, th but there's this little point. There's this little thing that Peter says, and there's always kind of a little contingency clause, like in, you know, in timeshares. So they're like, oh, it'll cost you nothing for 20 years, right? And then it's going to cost you your kidney um, on the 21st. Um, there's, there's these little contingency clause. And, 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 and Peter said this in, in verse 5, 1 Peter 1, 5, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promise. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promise. In essence, it's my last thing I'm going to say, it, it won't work if you don't respond. Right? It, it won't work if you don't respond. It, it, our problem isn't having knowledge of the word. Some of us, maybe you didn't, you didn't know this. Now you do. You know how to, to never fall away. How to live your life in a way that impacts your, your life and those around you for the most. How to get the biggest bang for your buck living this life, right? Do you know how to do it? Here's the deal. It's not enough to know it. 
but you got to respond. You can't just be hearers of the word, but you got to be doers of the word. You have to apply it. And you can know everything to do and still fall away. The power, the little contingency on this is do, will you respond? In essence, will you react to what the word of God is telling you today? And this is completely blankets every single one of us across this place. Will you respond to the Holy Spirit today or will you walk out the same way you came in? Because if so, newsflash, you have failed to respond. Let us, man, let us be diligent, be purposeful in supplementing and developing our faith so that you and I, no matter what stage, no matter what age, we never fall away. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you for today. And God, I pray that this message is, God, it's so, so applicable to our lives. It's so powerful to our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that we would not be hearers of the word only. But, Lord, what we heard today, we would apply. The Lord, this is a foolproof plan. This doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that we're always going to feel like it. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be situations we don't understand. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be hard situations. But what it does say is that when we develop patient endurance, a perseverance, when that is developed in our faith and we start, man, supplementing our faith, all these other attributes to it, it means that when we come to the end of our days, we can look back with limited regrets because we never, never, never fell away. So God, let us respond today. God, let us respond. Let us respond to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. But let us apply what we've learned. In Jesus' name I pray, with heads bowed, eyes closed, this morning if you're here and you say, Justin, you know what, you're talking about falling away and that's me. You're here and somehow, sometime you drifted in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And where you are isn't where you want to be, but just like I said last week, when unexpected things happen, we act in unexpected ways. And you're here and you say, you know what, Just I need to get in a right place with my relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you say, Justin, I'm here and I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you that chance. And I'm going to count to three in just a few moments. And when I would do, I just want you to raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. We believe God sees a hand, and he changes a heart. If that's you, man, be an applier of God's word today. One, two, three. Is there anyone today you say, Justin, that's me. There's one. There's two. Is there anyone else you join these two hands? Oh, there's one more. There's three. Is there anyone else you join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. You say, that's me. Yeah, I see your hand. There's four hands. Is there anyone else? You join these four hands, these four individuals that raised their hand that just said, man, that's me. And where I'm at, man, I drifted there. I don't know how I got there, but I know there's a need for change to happen. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? Man, you may be at home watching online. Man, I just encourage you. No, it may feel weird, but raise your hand right where you're at. Is there anyone else? 
If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned. I confess that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. Jesus, I repent of the life that I was living. I turn away from the life that I had and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I turn to you, Jesus. I confess you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.